talking about video games and how addictive they really can be. I'm curious if you've had personal experience or maybe experience with your kids having an issue with a video game being either flat out addictive or borderline addictive, where you're seeing really problematic behavior. It's really hard to pull back the reins and create some boundaries for your kids or even for yourself when it comes to how much time they're playing and their relationship to the game. So a few months ago, we spoke about parents in Vancouver who had banded together to file a class action lawsuit against the makers of Fortnite, saying that the game was intentionally designed to be addictive to kids. And there are articles that come out all the time talking about these addictive qualities of these video games, but we really wanted to follow up and just get a little bit deeper into this conversation. So our guest is a professor in the Department of Psychiatry at McGill University, a James McGill professor in the Department of Educational and Counseling Psychology. Dr. Jeffrey Derevinsky is joining the show. Dr. Derevinsky, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate getting your perspective on this. My pleasure, Chelsea. So let's talk a little bit about Fortnite. Now, I'm going to be totally honest here. I've never played it. But from what I understand, it's a battle royale game, which means you're attempting to come out on top amongst a bunch of other players and you're playing as a shooter. And from what I understand and have read, the game is sort of built around these reward systems that just keep encouraging you to play. But I think there are other components of it that really make it addictive. Can you speak to that? How else would you describe what Fortnite is? Well, Fortnite, as you said, is a, a game in which you play interactively with other players. Okay. Uh, it's a game that you play online. Uh, you could play on your cell phone. You could play on your laptop. You could play on a desktop. You could play on an iPad. And this is a game that's highly addictive because it's engaging. The graphics are incredible. Uh, and children enjoy going from step one to step two to step three. So the more you play this game, typically, the better you actually get. And so that in and of itself is a very rewarding aspect of the game. Uh, the game's been nominated and has won many, many awards as a uh, video game. And uh, many, many young people have a real difficult time stopping playing this game. And that's where the addictive part comes in. Is it interfering with their other activities? Are they having a difficult time stopping playing this game? And what we do know is that a large number of individuals have actually experienced these addictive qualities. That led to the class action lawsuit in uh, Canada, and the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S. has looked at this as well in terms of privacy violations, in terms of uh, inappropriate default settings for children and teenagers, for failing to notify parents and obtain consent from individuals as well. I think there is a lot of responsibility about what we're supposed to do as a society when it comes to these games and trying to protect kids kids from how addictive they can be. And I want to get to that. But first, who are they designed for? Are these for kids? These are, these are designed for children, adolescents, and young, in particular, young adults. That doesn't mean that middle-aged adults don't enjoy playing as well. 
but they're really designed for younger people who are interested in science fiction, who are interested in spending more and more time on their machines, which enable them to play video games. This is just one of many video games which can, in fact, become very addictive. Yeah, I I think Fortnite gets a lot of attention, but certainly there are a lot of other ones that I think can can be sort of designed in this way that kind of entice you to keep playing and you feel like you invested so much of your time that you can't stop, right? You need to keep going. This isn't the only one like that. Absolutely. The other thing I would like to mention is that there are positive aspects of games. So many games are, in fact, educational. And so it's not just all negative, but it can actually be positive. And for young children uh, and teenagers who may be having difficulty interacting with other people on a in a verbal way or in person, video games become a way in which they can excel and have developed some new friendships. I think that's a good point. I've seen that argument made from from parents, too, that certainly during COVID when there were lockdowns happening. This was a way for kids to sort of maintain some sort of social connection because you're playing with others. So you're right. It's not all negative. What percentage or, or I guess, number of kids are becoming addictive versus how many can play and have pretty healthy boundaries with it? Yeah, that's a really good question, and uh, we don't really have a a firm answer on that. Mm -hmm. There are different cultural issues related to that. Uh, One of the things that I'm doing is I'm on the World Health Organization Advisory Committee that's looking at gaming as a disorder amongst young people. And so the numbers vary dramatically, anywhere between 7%, 12%, 15%. Some people have argued up to 40% of people who play video games can, in fact, be addicted or have what is referred to now as a gaming disorder. So then I'm wondering if you can address this this text that's coming in as we're having a conversation. And Ched Nation, if you want to weigh in on this conversation, I would love to hear from you, 780-496-0063. So, Doctor, this person says, anything can be addictive if you lack self-control. I've played every day since the season started, but I decided to take a few days off recently. No shakes, no sweats. I felt no need to play. I can see how young kids with no parental oversight can play too much, but the parents are at fault there. Is there onus solely on the parents? Are the parents just turning a blind eye and letting their kids do whatever they want? Or is it the game that's designed to hook a kid in and a parent is helpless against it? Yeah, I mean, that's a typical response that we often get. The industry itself says the games are not addictive. If parents have concerns about their children or adolescents playing excessively, they should monitor their children. Uh, They need to be able to help the child self-regulate. The problem is that many parents, A, don't know what's in the game itself. Uh, They uh, fail to understand the addictive nature of it or their notion that it's a freemium game. That is, it's free to play, except you can actually wind up spending money engaged in that. Uh, And there's a real concern that... Parents, uh, a large onus is becoming on the parent. We could, from a gaming perspective, restrict the amount of time individuals will play the game. 
Uh, and some parents say, well, what's a reasonable amount of time? And that's very difficult to determine because the amount of time a young person could be playing during the summer months for example, when they're off from school, may be very different from the amount of time they should be able to play while they're in school and they have homework and other responsibilities. Talking about video games, specifically Fortnite being addictive, and what do we do about that? Dr. Derevensky, there's more questions that I want to get to about a strategy that maybe we can employ, and I want you to answer the question about whether or not video games actually lead to real-world violence, because this always comes up every time you talk about video games. We do have to take a very short break, though, so if you'll bear with us, we're going to come back into this conversation in three very short minutes. Our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Derevensky, professor in the Department of Psychiatry at McGill University, and and a James McGill professor in the Department of Educational and Counseling Psychology. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. Are video games addictive? And what do we do about that? 780-496-0063. Our guest has been patiently waiting on hold to get back into this conversation. Dr. Jeffrey Derevinsky, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it today. My pleasure, Chelsea. So we're talking about video games and whether or not they're addictive and and how they try to really suck kids in. Uh, This kind of launched from a a battle... um, uh, class action lawsuit <laughs> that was uh, set up in Vancouver from some parents saying that they wanted to sue the makers of the game Fortnite for designing the game and making it addictive for their kids. Someone on the text line saying, if you can sue video game companies for making addictive games, it only makes sense then that you should be able to sue VLT makers for the same reason. The thing is that VLTs aren't marketed towards children. So this is a little bit different. Is this the answer? Is suing these companies going to be the way that we try to I guess, gain some control back as parents? Well, I think uh, one of the ways we can help in this endeavor is to get our government much more involved Mm. in looking at video games. Uh, In the same way that we do that for gambling, where we have oversight by the provincial governments with respect to responsible gambling, the governments can, in fact, get involved and begin to look at gaming and whether or not it's causing problems. Yet most of our provincial governments here, uh, a number of state governments have been involved, but our provincial governments have really not looked at this at all. They view this much more as an activity in which young people can engage in, and if parents are concerned about it, they should actually monitor their children's behavior. So what would government stepping in do? Would that look like mandates or age restrictions? How would well, that Well, governments could, in fact, look at this in terms of regulating it. What What is permissible to be included in this? How can we monitor our children? Can we include age restrictions? Or can we include time restrictions with respect to gaming? In China, there are time restrictions. So individuals can only play for a certain period of time Mm. every day. Uh, Here, you could play 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it adds up. Someone else, another listener mentioned that they logged around 450 days of playtime on World of Warcraft from their teens through their 20s. So, you know, it really does take a lot of time from maybe otherwise healthy activities if you do have an unhealthy relationship with these games. What can it lead to, doctor, when a kid is really into these games to the point of it being an addiction? Where does that then lead someone into other problematic behavior or does it? 
Yes, uh, clearly there are a lot of interpersonal problems. Uh, young people will say uh, they're having difficulty with their parents. Parents will say, I can't get my son or my daughter off the video game. And every time I try to do that, there's a, a fight in the house. I've had a parent who locked up the modem for the child in a closet and set a timer on the modem and said you could play one hour a day and the timer would go when the timer went off the child wasn't able to use his computer any longer uh, parents have a real difficult time not setting limits but maintaining those limits because when the child starts complaining and the child starts annoying the parent parent says okay go ahead another half an hour another hour and then when the parent when the parent finally puts their foot down and says enough the child violently reacts because he never or she never knows when enough is enough yeah, there are articles written online about parents trying to enforce some boundaries around it. And it's almost it's it's like trying to deal with someone with an addiction. If you imagine trying to take something away from a drug addict, it's a similar reaction with the with the way that a child can sort of feel withdrawal for these games. I'm curious Absolutely. when we're talking about the real world effects, someone mentioning the idea of PTSD from some of these really traumatic battles. It kind of brings up that same question that's been age old about the idea of video games leading to real world violence. Obviously, we're talking about the addiction nature of them and that's a problem in and of itself but do these actually lead to real-world violence what does the evidence suggest well there's a number of studies that seem to suggest that uh, these video games or certain video games can increase a person's aggressive thoughts their feelings mm. and the behaviors not only in a laboratory setting that university people will uh, set up but also in actual life uh, and the American Psychological Association is concerned about this uh, in terms of the violent nature. This emanates from a lot of early work looking at violent television and movies. And what the American Psychological Association is saying, this is even more pervasive because it's interactive, it's engrossing, and it requires the player to identify with the aggressor. And this becomes leads the individual to more aggressive behavior. Mm. Dr. Yervansky, thank you so much for your insight on this. I really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. Take care. Our guest is a professor in the Department of Psychiatry at McGill University and a James McGill professor in the Department of Educational and Counseling Psychology talking about the addictive nature of video games.